Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, April 25th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I've got my guy Ramiz here with me as we will be breaking down a trio of playoff games that are going to be taking over your television sets on the Tuesday. A bunch of games with... uh, All of them really sitting on 3-1. We could be seeing a bunch of series ending on here. So teams absolutely playing for their lives. But before we get to all of that, you know, we're recording this on the 24th at night before the games are going because that's just how we do. So we can get you guys that info in the morning. But man, what about that game right there? Miami and Milwaukee. Giannis came back. Everyone thought it was good. The Bucs were up by like 13 points in the fourth quarter. And then a 25 to eight run to cap off night for Jimmy Butler to go ahead and end that. Ramiz, what did you think? I know you were watching that game too. How wild is that? Are Miami going to take the series, bro? I mean, bro, we were talking about it earlier. I mean, I, I remember I was watching the game and the score was a one-on-one team. Nice. I have it in the background and I'm like talking with my family. I just, I'm like, they keep on getting stopped. Jimmy Butler's going off. But uh, I think I told you before, like, I, I, I kind of still think Milwaukee's going to win the series. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you're expecting a lot from the Miami Heat, and maybe you'll get it from Butler, but uh, you need you need Lava, you need Bam to show up, and I don't know if they'll be able to do it, especially with the momentum that I think Milwaukee will get from winning Game Five. It just may be too much to handle. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much to me if they're gonna win it, they're gonna win it at six. Otherwise, they're not gonna do it. So we'll see what ends up happening over there. But it was absolutely wild and. You know, speaking about it, Lowry, he absolutely showed up in that fourth quarter. They got like three yeah. steals in that one and all just big, big plays. So lots of fun there. It's We're really hitting into our strides as far as playoffs are concerned. So exciting, exciting season so far. And uh, looks like we're going to have a bunch of uh, injuries, suspensions, and a couple of other things yeah. start to mess things around as far as some of the rest of these first-round matchups are concerned. So best that uh, some of these teams go ahead and end these series as quickly as they can. But... With that being said, before we get into it, as always, get yourself onto sportsethos.com and get yourself subscribed to that DFS pass. As much as it is getting to the end of the season, it is even more important given the fact that we know how short rotations are. Value plays are that much more important. Injuries, suspensions, last-minute changes that could potentially change things around. And more so than that, if you've been keeping up with all of our DFS pros there, you know just how much they've been killing it throughout the season as far as all of their props and picks have been concerned. So get yourself on that pass. Get yourself to the website. Get yourself onto our Discord so you can ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock and get yourself that edge that you're going to need. But let's jump right into what should be a very, very interesting three-game slate over here. All of these games have some pretty high spreads coming in, so it's going to be a combination of picking what stars you think are going to do well and also what games could potentially be a little bit closer than what Vegas may otherwise be suggesting. And could that be the first one? We have Atlanta going into Boston to take on the Celtics. Atlanta down 3-1 after the one impressive win in uh, in Game 3, but uh, could not cap it off in Game 4 where Boston came back and put... The Hawks back in their place, really. But a 13-point spread as far as the Celtics are concerned. Favorites for this one, with the over being 229.5 on this. And as far as injury news is concerned, there's really just one big piece of news, which is DeJounte Murray losing his head at the end of the game and going and bumping an official. And as a result of that, getting suspended for this game over here. So he is not going to be playing Game 5, which is... 
pretty much a death sentence as far as I'm concerned with the Hawks. We'll uh, see what Ramiz thinks about that one. But yeah, other than Murray, everyone else looks to be pretty good out there. I'll let you start with this one. Who are you looking at for this one? Atlanta's got you know, a lot less resources to go into this game. So who is going to be doing it for them? Uh, I mean, I got I got Trey Young. I think Trey Young is gonna have an all-time high usage rate. And uh, I mean, just looking throughout the roster, they don't really have a backup point guard to really handle any other playmaking duties. Uh, the only other guy who I do think may show up in replacement of Dejounte Murray scoring is gonna be Bogdan Bogdanovich at 4,800. I think he's gonna have a lot of ownership. I mean, reasonably why? Because he's gonna have a lot more shots, a lot more opportunity, a lot more minutes. And then uh, I also have DeAndre Hunter at 5,400. I just think uh. It's a huge gap to fill with DeJounte Murray, and obviously I think it's going to be distributed by these three players I mentioned with more of the ball handling duties to Trey Young, more scoring towards Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I think uh, on the Celtics side of things, it is kind of uh, tough because honestly all of them can't really go off. Uh, but I decided to go with Jalen Brown at 8,100 because I think this is the cheapest he's probably been in a while. And uh, obviously he hasn't had the best of games, but he's been having some pretty solid games. And I think at 8,100 he is affordable in the three-game slate. And I also like uh, Marcus Smart at 6,000. I think uh, Marcus Smart has been quietly been putting up some great performances. Obviously, it's been kind of overshadowed with Derek White going ballistics as usual. But uh, I think Marcus Smart has kind of been able to do uh, a multitude of things besides scoring. And if he is going to score as well, then this is only going to add on to his DKA points. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, Smart has been probably my favorite Celtic throughout the season in general. He just continues to be that guy who sits around that 6,000 mark, is pretty much cash every time he goes ahead and plays because you know he's going to put up around 30. But he's shown the upside to be able to get closer to 40 as well, which is really what he's been doing throughout the series. So I'm right there with you. As far as the Atlanta side is concerned, and most of the guys you already kind of pointed out, I do expect that John Collins is going to get the opportunity to be a little bit more involved in the offensive side here. I mean, he's gotten... I take enough shots to be able to hit his value, but unfortunately he's just been absolutely clanking them throughout the series so far. But look, they're going to need him to shoot somewhere in the low teens uh, from an offensive perspective. DeJounte Murray, who is taking anywhere between 20 to 25 shots in the series so far, some of that is going to have to go around. And I expect that you know, John Collins, who's already like it's it's a, it's a weird scenario here where he just looks totally out of the offensive rhythm, out of any like plays really being run for him. But he still has that motor and he still has that capability to be able to go ahead and get in there. And especially given the fact that we saw that Robert Williams is getting healthier, I'm going to speak about him in a second, they're going to need more lineups in which uh, they're throwing out a little bit more size there. So Atlanta, if they're not you know, running around with the, with Capella and Okongwu, they're going to be needing a lot more John Collins, especially for what he offers on the actual shot creation. And otherwise, this is going to be a, a, a dirty game as far as how bad it could potentially go for Atlanta. On the Boston side, though, I just want to speak about Robert Williams, who we saw get back into a normal minute total in the last game, looked healthy for probably the first time in a long time in a little bit here. And I expect that this is going to be the minutes total that we're going to start to see more regularly with him now that he's kind of back. So obviously Boston is looking to close out the series as soon as possible. Robert Williams absolutely showed how much of a game changer he once again was on that on that end where in 29 minutes he was able to put up a very solid double-double, ended up with 44 DK points and played 29 minutes, which is the biggest kind of boon of what uh, we expect him to be. Look, if, if the Celtics are going to be able to have any sort of consistent interior presence, they're going to need that from Robert Williams, and they're going to need that especially as we get into what is potentially a second-round matchup there with uh, with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So 
Time Lord's going to have to uh, turn back the clock on his injuries. So this is another game to get him into the groove, and I really like him for 5,300. He's actually probably my favorite center pick of this entire slate, just based on kind of value and where I expect him to be. So looking forward to seeing him absolutely crush that value here, and I expect him to be a pretty uh, heavily owned guy, but sometimes you just got to go ahead and take it. Second game of the night, though, we got Minnesota taking on the Nuggets again here. Game four for this one, or game five for this one, after a very, I was going to say exciting, I was happy for the Timberwolves to actually go ahead and win one, went ahead and uh, did it in overtime in that. But 222 game total for this one. The Nuggets favored to win by nine and a half. As far as injuries are concerned, really just the uh, one unfortunate news as far as Minnesota is concerned, which is Kyle Anderson is going to be out for this game. Uh, looks like he had something going on with his eye and yeah, he's not going to be playing uh, this game over here, which is unfortunate for them. Definitely need him out there as much as possible. But that's going to be it. Uh, who are you liking as far as this game is concerned? Uh, honestly, from the Nuggets side of things, I like Jamal Murray at 200. Now, maybe that's my Canadian side kicking in, <laughs> but uh, he just he plays amazing at home, and he's kind of getting into that playoff form, and uh, which is what you love to see. And uh, as long as he does what he does, what he did in Game One and Two, I think you're gonna get his value from him. Uh, I mean, he just loves to cook, uh, Gobert or Towns in the pick and rolls all day, and he gets his easy middies or three point shots. And then uh, I also have Bruce Brown at 4700. I think Bruce Brown is kind of a player who. Obviously, he might not have a lot of upside, but he's kind of a player who's going to get what his numbers have usually been on average. But I think it's been 25, around 25 for the past four games. So in this type of game where if you want to go for his higher end guys, I think Bruce Brown's a great one of the budget type players who can fit in and get you his value. And on the Wolf side of things, I do have Towns at 7,800 because uh, I think if I think there's going to be a lot of aggression for this game. Obviously, it may mean that Towns doesn't have a good game, but it also may mean Towns has an absolutely amazing game. I don't think there's going to be any in-between. He only had nine shots last game. It's also strange because he was guarding Jokic with five fouls uh, while they have a three-time defensive player of the year. So hopefully that's not the case again, and he can actually just dominate offensively and not have to worry much defensively. And then I also have a couple of budget players because, like you mentioned, Kyle Anderson is out. So that's a lot of minutes that have to be filled in because they don't really have any backup small fours. Of course, Naz Reed, I believe, continues to be out. So uh, I think Toyn Prince at 4,000 and Austin Rivers at 3,300 are great guys who are going to get that opportunity. And these are some low-end budget players as well who uh, obviously may not have good games, but they're going to get a lot of minutes because they don't have a lot of options in that place. So uh, whether it's Toyn Prince spacing out to score threes or it's Austin Rivers uh, taking mm -hmm. in place of maybe perimeter defense to guard a player like Jamal Murray, then I think uh, those are some great players to take uh, uh, some good upside picks on those. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's a couple of ways that they could potentially go. We did see in the last game that Minnesota turned a lot more to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who ended up playing 38 minutes in that uh, overtime game there for them. So I expect that you know, they one, they like his ability to be able to stretch out the floor. As you said, Kyle Anderson, not much of a shooter, and Alexander Walker gives him that little bit of uh, instant offense coming off the uh, the bench for them. So we'll see what their starting lineup looks like. They'll probably push Torian Prince back to start for them, but uh, that six-man role should be a, a pretty good place for Alexander Walker to be able to go ahead and uh, hit his value. So I'm looking forward to taking him at 4,100. Uh, Rudy Gobert, which we just uh, you know mentioned, has been having a little bit of trouble, but by and large, has been absolutely solid from a uh, fantasy perspective over here. From a cash perspective, I've been taking him pretty much every night as far as these playoffs are concerned the last three games. He's been pretty much in exactly where you expect him to be. Double-double range, 
getting anywhere between 36 to 39 DK points, and he still continues to be sub 7,000 as far as his price tag is concerned. So um, I spoke about Robert Williams being my favorite kind of upside pick and the one where I think that we can really go up there. But if we're talking about a more you know solid floor, one that you can expect uh, in terms of what he's going to do, then I do like Gobert for 6,800. I'm right there with you on on Cat, but if there's going to be one spend-up that I'm having on this slate, because I'm actually not liking Trey Young, I, I don't think that he's going to do all that well. It's going to be Anthony Edwards in terms of who I'm actually Ooh. spending up with. And, I mean, look, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Three straight games now, 60-plus DK points. It's, it's hard to look past that. He's put up anywhere between 22 to 27 shots in that time and double-digit three-point attempts. So it's quite clear that the offense is a pretty much a microwave running through Anthony Edwards for everything that's going to happen over here. So if, um, if the Timberwolves are going to put up any sort of uh, offense over here in terms of trying to push this game a little bit further out there, it's going to have to come through Anthony Edwards. And uh, to his credit, he did really well in that second game in Denver over there where he had his best game of the series, even though it was unfortunately in a losing cause, but it just comes down to him really showing the level of offensive player he can be uh, for Minnesota, not only this year, but kind of going forward as well. So he's my favorite kind of spend up overall on the slate. And I expect that I'm going to have a good amount of exposure on his side while on the Denver side of things, uh, I'm with there. I'm with you there. As far as Murray's concerned, I think he has that capability to again, have the kind of games that he had earlier on in the series to really destroy that value. But I continue to like, kind of that mid-tier option as far as they're concerned. You mentioned Bruce Brown. I'm going to say Michael Porter Jr. continues to be a guy that I target pretty heavily as well, just given the fact that, one, 6,500 gives me enough confidence for the fact that he's going to continue to play 40 minutes uh, on this team, and he's had uh, two good shooting games now. It really just comes down to whether some of his ancillary stats can also kind of get up there. So if he can get a block and a steal as he got in uh, in game three and game four over there that should make it so that the rest of his kind of line works out for for his price tag there so i expect him to be a pretty good option and i'd like him more than i like aaron gordon at the moment just given how some of the offense is running a lot more through mpj instead yeah i just wanted to add on i think uh mike porter jr he's also been attacking the glass mm-hmm. so i think he's been able to get double digit rebounds which is a great thing because uh obviously with townsend gober uh you definitely need more people to attack the attack the glass and Michael Porter's been doing that exceptionally well as well yeah and they were really going to him in that fourth quarter in that last game as well and he is also the reason they took it to overtime right so it's just one of those things where he's uh he's definitely playing really well and having uh, some big performances so they're gonna need a lot more of that from him because to me he is that x factor that's going to take Denver over the top you know that Jokic and and Jamal are going to do the thing but if Denver is going to make that deep run they're going to need MPJ to do his so yeah we'll see if he can keep that going Last game of the night after some unfortunate news as far as the Clipper side is concerned, which is that Kawhi is going to be out for this game and, in fact, could potentially be out for who knows how long. They didn't really have a timetable as far as his knee is concerned, which is a bit scary. So, and then also, you know, there was news about, uh, you know, those who were following his sister and all that other stuff. So some pretty messed up stuff, man. Sentence for life for like a murder, but that's yeah, messed up. But on the basketball court itself, it does mean that there is a big gaping hole as far as what the Clippers are concerned with regards to what their offense is going to look like. And that's exactly why we have a 223.5 total for this one in Phoenix, favored to win by 12.5 to go ahead and get this series uh, locked up. So, yeah, I mean, that uh, that Denver game, they better go ahead and close out the series because Phoenix is 
in my opinion, going to be doing it tonight here, but who do you like it as far as the actual players themselves are concerned? Uh, I mean, Westbrook's always an interesting pick, but I, I didn't go for him because I do think his price is a bit high, and he is going to be playing in Phoenix, so that's, it's a tough game. I mean, like you said, they're predicted to win by, like, 12, but it could be definitely be more because, uh, I mean, it's just a lot of scoring that you need to catch up with the, the Suns, and is Westbrook or Powell going to do it? I mean, Powell is interesting, but I decided to go with more of a cheaper route because uh, I did like to spend more on Trey Young and uh, uh, Jamal Murray and Brown. So in Clippers route, I would kind of went with Eric Gordon at 4,900 and Terrence Matt at 4,700. Uh, these are players who I think uh, one in Eric Gordon who needs to step up. Uh, I think you need a, one of those historic performances like he did in his past times with the Clippers. And then maybe Terrence Matt to just put on the stat line that you know, where he hits his threes, rebounds, assists, but like it is a tough game to kind of really predict on who's going to go off. Mm-hmm. And then on the Sun side of things, I, I like CP3 at 7,300. I think uh, CP3 is kind of getting into his groove. He's had a couple of good games in uh, LA, and uh, I think he's going to do a really decent job at 7,300. He's not my favorite pick from my whole slate. Like I, said, I mentioned, uh, better point guards that I like, but I think out of this whole slate, I do think him and Durant Booker might be a bit too expensive for my slate. But uh, CP3 7300 is someone I like because I think he's going to get a lot more players involved and uh, continues to get players like Bismarck Biombo, uh, Toy Craig, uh, just fill in the slots and just get them easy buckets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the value area is probably going to be where I feel more comfortable kind of targeting gear. You mentioned a couple of guys on the Clippers side. Uh, the other name I'm going to throw into there is Marcus Morris, who we saw uh, get 25 minutes in that last game and more importantly, get 13 shots in that last game as well. I mean, throughout the season, he's kind of been... Ty Lue's and a go-to guy to be able to get a little bit of offense going. Obviously, as the season wore on, his shot kind of dropped off, and that uh, really took away from some of the minutes he had. But it's you know it wasn't too far back that he was you know consistently a guy who was getting into the high 20s, low 30s as far as DK points are concerned. And for someone who's likely going to get a uh, a minutes load that's going to be closer to that kind of 25 to 30 again, because they're going to need uh, some more of the shots coming out his way and being also that little bit more size that they could potentially throw out there. Because in the end, you're going to have a combination of, of KD and DeAndre Ayton coming your way. And, and there's only so much Mason Plumley can be expected to do and Zubats are expected to do. So you're going to need a little bit more there. Hopefully Marcus Morris uh, can get, get on the floor to be able to get to somewhere closer to that 25 to 28 minutes. And I think he could absolutely smash his value there. And uh, the other aspect as well, I believe Bones Highland is going to have to get more involved here. Um, we saw it in game three where, you know, he was able to go ahead and actually get 12 shots where they needed that offense. And, you know, in that one game where they really uh, did uh, go ahead and take it close from, a lot of offense coming from Bones Highland in that second half there. I expect that you know Westbrook's going to need a little bit of support out there. I and mean, we know that uh, Norm Powell has been you know doing his job. And Eric Gordon's expected to be able to kind of just take the catch and shoot from the outside. But from a ball handling perspective, Bones Highland is going to need to be that guy to be able to pot- potentially back up uh, Westbrook a little bit more. So, again, not uh, not necessarily the sexiest to fix at 4,300. And you know, if he can get to somewhere between 23 to 25 minutes, then he could actually be in a position where uh, his uh, point scoring could help put him over the top as far as his value is concerned. But it is a little bit of a Russian roulette game over here to see who actually will do well in this game. So, you know, as much as I'm like kind of avoiding this game more than anything, it's probably the game that's going to turn around and be the reason why someone wins or loses on, on the uh, DFS slate here. So, Definitely a lot to like on that on that aspect. While on the Phoenix side, 
I continue to like Torrey Craig. He's probably more of a, a cash option for me than than anything else. But you know, given the minutes that he gets and given the amount of opportunities he's able to get just to be able to rack up stats even outside of just his uh, point scoring, which is never going to be something that blows you away. 4500 is just super cheap for him to be able to go ahead and do what he's doing as far as his value is concerned. And I think much of that same thing uh, falls onto someone like a Josh Kogi as well, which, again, never going to blow you away as far as his um, his stat line's concerned, but he's a guy who can get you 20. Uh, and uh, if he's going to be sub 4,000 there, that's uh, something to potentially consider if you're just looking to round the lineup up. But back onto centers who could potentially change things around. That's the that's the only place I'm looking here. Like uh, everything as far as my lineups are concerned, most of it is picking itself as as far as kind of where I'm looking. But it's that center position that I'm really kind of like Williams, Gobert, Aiton. And it's kind of just been like, where do I want to be able to uh, kind of focus on there? At most, I can get uh, two of these guys in, given how how the lineups end up kind of working themselves out. So between Aiton and Gobert, the question comes down to who do I think has uh, has more upside? I do think Aiton has more upside, while Gobert is a safer floor of the two. And we saw some of that coming in the last game, where Aiton in 36 minutes was able to put up 40 DK points, a very solid double-double again, and and got a few more of those uh, defensive stats that we've been really waiting for. He's kind of been off and on on that. He had you know a block in the first game, but then a couple of games where he didn't really get anything, and then ended up with two blocks, two steals in the last one. So some of that is obviously a little bit of variability that you're going to get. But I do expect that DeAndre Ayton is going to continue to be super important for what the Phoenix Suns are doing, not only in this matchup, but especially in the uh, in the potential next one against the Nuggets. So it all just comes down to making sure uh, that they get uh, as much of him involved and, and ready as much as possible. So I'm going to be liking him and uh, might be taking him as my second center after Robert Williams. Okay, so just to clarify, so for the, the listeners, yeah, if you were to rank the centers that you loved in this slate, you're mm-hmm. going Robert Williams first. And then you're putting A and over Gobert. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Going Williams first, Aiton, and then uh, and then Gobert. Yeah, missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, kind of how it ends up working. And I know that means that you know we haven't talked too much about Jokic up until now, just because it just kind of is what it is. But I think Jokic obviously showed what he did in that last game there. I'm just it all just comes down to in a three game slate, very little margin for error, and you want to rack up as much. Uh, as much value as possible to kind of supplement some of those mid-tier to top-end guys. So to me, if I'm if I'm ranking like who I think is going to be the highest, just like pure point score on the night, I do still think Anthony Edwards is the one I'm putting like right up at the top over there. So that's kind of my gamble on the night and what I expect uh, things to be. But it could very well be someone like a Trey Young or a Jokic. So that's kind of your uh, your uh, thought process there and where your lineup ends up being. So. That's what makes these things fun, and that's why we love that uh, you guys engage with us, not only on Twitter, on Discord, all these places to really talk about what your lineup itself is looking like. But before we get to the final spot of it, as always, we're looking at the props side of things, which is on to Thrive Fantasy. And there's a couple of pretty uh, pretty juicy ones on here. And you know, I'll go ahead and start on it first because uh, I, I feel like I'm almost staying on brand here, which I'm just like absolutely <laughs> hammering on how uh, I think Trey is going to be a disappointment in this game over here, which is me actually taking the under on his assists. Seven and a half, 120 points for him to go below that. Because look, here's my thought process on it. If 
it's going to be a Trey Young night. It's going to be him offensively just scoring and being able to get. There's not too many guys that you can expect to uh, consistently pass through today, especially with Deontay Murray out, unless you're getting a lot of lobs going, which they haven't honestly used as much as they probably should <laughs> throughout this. So maybe, maybe Trey does me wrong there. But at 120 points, I feel that's pretty juicy. Because I'm either thinking this game is going to be a really bad blowout or I'm thinking that Trey is just going to be shooting like 40 shots this game and not worrying about anything else. So either of them kind of works in pretty well to my uh, game scripting where I think he'll be below eight assists in this game. Oh, man, I love that thing. I love it when uh, you always go for those under underrated picks because that's definitely the underrated pick because Trey Young under on assists, you might be the first person to do that. But hey, you might get some good money. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go on brand with my pick as well with Jalen Brown going over 33 and a half total points rebounds. I think uh, Jalen Brown's season averages around 25, 26 points, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think as long as he just continues to do what he does and hopefully plays around over 30 plus minutes, I think this should be a pretty uh, easy over. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm going on brand with my pick. I love it. And, and I think the other two just kind of... Uh at least from where I've seen, have kind of picked themselves just because I think they're pretty solid locks. Uh, first of all, being Norman Powell at uh, 20 and a half to go over on his points and assists. Again, just given how many shots he's going to have to take and probably be uh, the leading uh, scorer on this team alongside Westbrook, as he has been for the last couple, even if he, you know, you're either basically banking on him having another like four or 15 night the way he did in the last game to not hit those 20 points, or he's going to get somewhere closer to what he did in game three and just shoot the lights out. <laughs> but either way, you have a little bit of a uh, little bit of buffer there with some of those dimes as well. But I do think he'll be above that just on points itself, like 20 and a half, 21 points is going to be something that he's going to need to do for Clippers to try and stay alive in this game. So I think that's a pretty good gamble to be able to go on that one there. Uh, just to stay on the, on the Clippers side of things, I think Westbrook over 15 and a half total rebounds assists is a pick I like. And obviously, it's, there's no points involved in this, but if there's one thing we know about Westbrook, he can give 110% on the court. And rebounds, he is one of the best rebounding point guards. He said that himself. And hopefully, he can get these other teammates involved, like a Powell, to help with your pick. And then for he can help <laughs> my pick as well. There you go. I love it. Just help each other out there. And then speaking of helping each other out, the last one is going to be something that uh, has been hit three out of the four games in the playoffs so far pretty, pretty consistently, uh, which is... Devin Booker, 41 and a half points, rebounds, and assists to go over that. He's only had one game in which he was below that, and that was game one of this series. And since then, he has absolutely crushed that. In game in game two, he ended up with 48 for those three uh, categories there. In game three, he ended up with uh, 54. And then in uh, game four, he ended up with uh, 46 on that as well. So just has been a consistent Devin Booker leading the offense effort as far as the the, uh, the Phoenix Suns are concerned. And in fact, he's been averaging more shots in this series than uh, than Katie, which isn't necessarily what you would have expected kind of coming into it. But it's clear that Devin Booker has taken on the reins of just being that uh, that point scorer and that kind of first option as far as pure offense is concerned. And then Katie just kind of does a little bit of everything. So it's, uh, it's worked out well. And uh, I do think that's going to be a consistent one to take again. You can get 100 points on the board for that one there. I think that's an interesting pick because I think that pick, you just got to hope the Clippers can stay into the game until the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> because if it's a blowout early, I don't know if you'll be getting enough minutes to really get that stat line. But otherwise, I think that's really great and pretty confident pick, I would say. I also went with the 100-point pick, uh, which is Mike Conley, over 5.5 total uh, assists. 
Uh, like you mentioned for Devin Booker, Mike Conley, he's been able to get this over average, I think, three out of the four games he played. And uh, they don't really have any backup point guards, so you just got to hope. Uh, hopefully he feeds Anthony Edwards a lot, helps, again, once again with your pick. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I think uh, five and a half total assists is pretty pretty achievable number for Mike Conley, so I just think uh, a safe pick for getting over 100 points. Yeah, I like it. I think there's a lot of potential options over here, which is why I was really on that Trey Young side of things. So that 120, <laughs> that'll be what changes uh, one of these lineups here, because some of these other ones look pretty uh, pretty chalky to me. So let's see what that ends up with. So we'll have to definitely engage on that. And as always, you can engage with me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil. So talk to me about what your lineups have been looking like, how you're kind of processing, and what do you think about that center tier list, right? Williams at the top, Aiton <laughs> second, Gobert third. Maybe uh, throw in a little bit of Jokic in there, depending on how things work out. But let me know what you guys think. And Ramiz, as always, where can the people find you? Uh, they can also find me on Twitter at 2Nice. That'll be spelled T-O-0 underscore nice underscore. And you can also tell me, uh, we can laugh at how this is a uh, tier list. Messing <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, someone, some of us are putting it out there. You know, that's just how it works. What's your tier list looking like? Hey, Ramiz, you haven't told me. Who's your setter? Who's, in fact, you know what? Let's keep it simple. Who is going to be the highest pure DK point scorer on the night? Let's start with that. You know, since you've been hating him, I'm going with Trey Young, man. I'm going all in. We're all in. We're all in on this. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll avoid Trey Young. Let him kick me in the chin, and I'll just uh, ride myself to the promised land with Anthony Edwards. But we will see how that turns out. But as always. As I said, it's awesome to engage with you guys. Keep following us. Get yourself onto that Sports Ethos DFS pass. But until then, let's go out and take down some of these playoff GPPs. <laughs>